0: This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Happy, happy Friday, everybody. 16th day of February 2024. It is indeed time for the Dan Grosser Show. Live and in living color. Uninterrupted vehicle right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800. 919-3776, that is the telephone number, taking it right up until 9 o'clock tonight. And you know what happens at 9 o'clock tonight? We got a little bit of a basketball game coming your way later on. That is right. It is the Young Stars game, or the Rising Stars Challenge game. Tom, what is the official word we're going with?
2: Let me see. I've got a sheet right in front of me that says NBA rising
1: stars, NBA rising stars. Well, you know what? There's a lot of stars in the NBA. Some of them are rising. Some of them are not. But what the league has done is it has cultivated the lot of rising stars and they put them all on one basketball court at the exact same time in Indianapolis as the kind of kickstart for NBA All-Star Weekend. And you're going to hear the radio sample of that. Coming up at 9 o'clock when our show is over. So, I mean, think of it. It's like hitting the lottery. You get this show right into the rising stars. What could be better for a Friday night? I dare you. I dare you to find otherwise. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. You get me on the old X at Dan Gross at GRACA. Producing the program tonight are my friends. You heard from Tom Power already. Chantel Rankin is here as well. So they are all keeping you company here for the next two and a half hours on this Friday. We'll have John Harper, our good buddy, SNY-TV, longtime baseball columnist. He's going to join us later on at about 8.30, talk a little Mets and Yanks and spring training because those teams are off and running here. The pitchers and catchers have reported, some of the position players as well. And, hey, in another week or so, we're going to actually be playing spring training games. And, you know, opening day is about five, six weeks away. So the seasons just keep on churning when you're talking about the sports calendar. And that's kind of where I wanted to start today because we're firmly in transition, right? Football is coming and gone. It is a thing of the past. And I understand that when you talk about the NFL, it is a never-ending cycle. And we're going to talk about our teams here as far as football is concerned a little bit later on in the program because there, there's always things to talk about. But as far as games are concerned, that ended last Sunday with the Super Bowl. Congrats, Chiefs. So now we got to find other things to occupy our time, our attention as sports fans, because February has always been that lull on the calendar, right? It's picked up a little bit more, I think, in recent years, of course. But I mean, normally February is kind of just like that. If you had to take one month and vote it off the island as a sports fan, it's probably February, mm-hmm. right? There's like nothing. Yeah, there's nothing really significant going on. Now I'm a huge college hoops fan, so. That helps me by the time because I'm going to watch any college hoops game any time, any night. Like, I'm all there. And, by the way, shout-out to my Scarlet Knights of Rutgers, by the way. Tremendous victory last night. That's four in a row at the rack. Shout-out to everybody that was in that building last night along with myself. It was a fantastic atmosphere. I went back and I watched the TV copy today. TV doesn't do it justice. It was 100 times louder in that building last night. On your feet the entire game. It is an awesome atmosphere and credit to the team. Coach Peichel, four in a row. Now you got a healthy roster, making some noise, working our way up the ladder in the Big Ten. We're now in the middle of the pack, tied for seventh, still with seven more league games to go before postseason rolls around. And I'm liking where this team is headed. So much so, though, Coach is going to be joining us tomorrow on the return of our Saturday program. So Coach is going to call in at about 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. And for those of you that missed the big announcement, we've been trying to remind you a little bit as we've gotten closer. We will be back on Saturday mornings now that it is the NFL off season. So we're going to throw the Saturday show back into the mix with the uh, Monday through Friday duties. So 9 a.m. to noon every Saturday once again, yours truly, you and I, and we kick that thing back up again Coming up tomorrow, and Coach is going to be one of our guests. Looking forward to uh, talking with him, and thanks again to Rutgers. The hospitality last night was outstanding and really a great game uh, against the Northwestern Wildcats. Who, you know, Northwestern should be going to the tournament, and Boo Booey, their point guard, is, he's phenomenal. I mean, the guy's one of the best in the country, uh, probably has a future in the league as well uh, if he so chooses to do so here on the next level. But that's for another story, uh, another day, another time. But with the transition of the sports calendar, like, I'm kind of curious, you know, you, the sports fan, like, how do you view this time of year? Like, what do you use to help get you through, like, the long, dark days of winter, right, where you don't have football games on Sundays anymore? Now, you can be a baseball fan. Look, we're all baseball fans. We love baseball. But my attitude with spring training baseball has always been, like, You know, as soon as, like, the first games roll up and you put the TV on and you're like, all right, we got baseball, it's warm, it's sunny down in Florida, I'm sitting there in front of the TV and I'm watching it, but then, like, after a couple of innings and when they start making substitutions and they're bringing on, like, you know, non-roster invitees and all these guys who are trying to make the club, and who's this guy that I never heard of? And who's this guy that's going to be summoned off to minor league camp in about another day or so? My interest starts to wane. And so I look at spring training almost as if, all right, just wake me up when the regular season starts, right? When it's late March and we're ready to start this thing for real, that's when I'm good to go. But look, you still got baseball. It's in the news cycle. And with the Mets and the Yankees, there's still some storylines that are hovering around, certainly a couple of noteworthy players, which we're going to talk to a little bit later on in the program. NBA has their pause. right? It is All-Star Weekend where the league likes to celebrate itself and all the big stars congregate upon Indiana. And, you know, they like to pat themselves on the back for a job well done in the first half. But in this city, you know, as of a couple of weeks ago, when I was looking ahead to the All-Star break, at least from a Knicks standpoint, I was kind of thinking, like, the All-Star break is coming at the worst possible time if you're a Knicks fan. Right, when this team had won nine in a row and Jalen Brunson was doing the impossible, You started to think, I don't want this to stop. Like, don't hit the pause button. Like, I don't care even about rest. Like, let this team keep playing. Do your thing. Because you just wanted to keep the momentum going. It seemed like the Knicks were not going to lose another game the rest of the year. But then a funny thing happened along the way, which are injuries. And it almost became like an epidemic for this basketball team. Because it was like one, then another, and then another. Like the true domino effect. And he started to see a downturn in the production on the court. And now this team has lost four in a row. So in a funny turn of events, now the all-star break comes at the perfect time for the New York Knicks, right? The absolute most perfect time because, A, this team needs to get healthy. And I'm trying to look at this thing, like, with a little bit more clarity, and we'll talk about it a little bit more here coming up, but I know every game counts. And you don't just want to, like, throw games out the window. But I'm willing to give this team the benefit of the doubt because if you look at this team as it was comprised the last few games that they've lost and they were so, 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 so short-handed, I don't know realistically what you would expect from them. So I'm not going to lose sleep over the way that this team played going into the All-Star break. You can't evaluate them based on that team that they were trotting out there. That is not going to be the team that when they start to play for the big prize is going to be out there on the floor, right? It's not going to happen. NHL, on the other hand, at least for the locals, look. These three teams are part of the conversation. Now, the Rangers were dealt a big blow today with Blake Wheeler because the worst fears came true. Got injured in the game last night. Now he's going to be out for the season uh, with the injury he suffered last night in that game to the Montreal Canadiens. That is, uh, look, I understand that he's not one of your top players in terms of production and that sort of thing, but he's a veteran presence, a guy who's been around the NHL forever. Those are the type of guys you want in your dressing room on the ice, especially when the postseason rolls around and that. Chase for Lord Stanley. So he's going to be a big, big loss for this team. We'll see what they do to replace him. I mean, it looks like at least today the practices that they were having out at MetLife Stadium for the stadium series look like Jimmy Vesey just slided up there on that top line. And you saw that last night, and I guess that's how the uh, configurations were earlier out there today. But they're going to have to go out there and try to replace that person before the all-star, or not the all-star break, the trade deadline rolls around here. But as far as the hockey teams are concerned, I I, I mean, it's not outrageous to suggest that all three teams in this city could find themselves, well, I say this city, in this area, they could all find themselves in the playoffs. Now, it's going to take some work, as we know, but it's not impossible. But I'm actually looking forward to the stadium series this weekend. You know, I've been kind of jaded a little bit over the years with... The outdoor hockey games, you know, starting with the Winter Classic, of course, and I thought that had gotten a little bit played, especially when the NHL tried to pimp those games out to different cities and places, like playing, you know, a hockey game out at Dodger Stadium with the palm trees when they did that with the Kings and the Ducks, and it just became a little bit, they bit off a little bit more than I could chew, and it kind of lost me a little bit because it became a little bit more about a novelty as opposed to just like watching hockey games which is what all, what it should essentially be. And I understand you're trying to rope in the casual viewer. I get all that stuff. Right? You're trying to get as many fans on the uh, on the set as possible. Not everybody's going to be able to go to these games. Now if you play them outdoors, you're going to be able to fit more people in the stadiums than you would, let's say, at Madison Square Garden or UBS or Prudential Center where you're only getting, you know, up to 18,000 people or whatever it is. You know, MetLife Stadium tomorrow, you could you're going to have, you know, 60 plus 1,000 people both Saturday night And Sunday afternoon. So that's a cool thing. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they pull it off. Certainly, I wish that I could have been at one of those games. But uh, I have other commitments for tomorrow night. Bad job out of me because I was looking forward to going. So that's not going to happen there. And as we put the NFL to rest, you know, it really doesn't end. I mean, there's NFL news today that we have to get to. And I don't think that I'm telling tales out of school What I'm insinuating that, guess what? This is a pretty big offseason for both the Jets and the Giants. There is work to be done. And specifically with the Giants, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on in the show here. I am amazed, like really and truly amazed, league-wide, the perception of the New York football Giants. And even though we really haven't begun to scratch the surface yet for the NFL offseason, just the expectations – for what this team is going to look like next year. I mean, you could be the most pessimistic, negative fan, glass half empty, however you want to qualify it. But I was shocked when I saw something in particular about the Giants and how people are so-called looking at them for next year. It's, it's stunning to me. I, I was literally stunned, like jaw-dropping on the floor. Because I'm not as down on the operation as maybe some other people are. Maybe you feel a different way. We'll see. But it's definitely worth the conversation. But it is going to be a big offseason for both of these teams. Giants have important questions to figure out at the most important position a la quarterback. Jets, you hope you have that figured out with Aaron Rodgers. And you hope he's going to last longer than four plays, of course. But there's a lot of other things that need some fixing. And I think that the message has been conveyed as well that if they don't win, there's going to be some changes. And there is going to be some turnover. So it is a big, big offseason. And it'll be here before you know it, too. Right? The start of the new league year, I don't have that in front of me. I probably should have. But it's essentially about a month away. And then you could start your trades. You could start your transactions. March 13th. See that? March 13th is when the new league year begins. That is when every trade, every signing, everything could become official. And you know that there's going to be that tampering period, the legal tampering period, which happens a few days before that. So before you know it, we are going to be sitting here talking about real football stuff. Remember, in the past, there were quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks that were traded during Super Bowl week. Now, obviously, that didn't happen this year. But when Matthew Stafford was traded from the Lions to the Rams, that happened during Super Bowl week. Didn't become official until March, but that's when it happened. When Alex Smith got traded from the 49ers to the Kansas City Chiefs, that happened during Super Bowl week. What moves do the two GMs in this town have up their sleeves? Well, we'll find out. But nevertheless, even though we don't have the football, something is always in the offing. Didn't feel that way always, like, for years and years and years. You know, that was when I was growing up, and this was before, you know, the Internet, social media nonstop coverage, you know, all these, like, cable channels where these sports are chronicled 24-7, especially the league channels, league-specific networks. Like, <laughs> it just felt like once the Super Bowl had come and gone, you felt that there wasn't going to be anything significant sports-wise for, like, day, you know, like, years. That's It just felt like an eternity for something else to crop on up. But that's not the case here. And that's what I am here to do, right? We're going to get this thing together. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some laughs. We're going to keep the sports conversation going because that's how we roll. So fun show for you tonight as we're back rocking and rolling here on a Friday. Full uninterrupted vehicle. John Harper on the Mets and Yankees will join us at about 830. And because it is a full uninterrupted vehicle. I'll ask Tom Bauer because he knows as well as anybody. Tom, what happens at 8 o'clock when we have a full, uninterrupted vehicle? What do we call that? That means we get some grasa us. Oh, you bet we do, baby. There you so- go, yeah! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> we get grasa us at 8 o'clock, and we got some stuff cooking for you for that little segment tonight as well. Plenty of your phone calls at 800 is a grasa show. It is a Friday, 9870 ESPN.
0: This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles, and really, Who doesn't want
3: to start their day
0: with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
3: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management.
4: Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better
5: because it has to be.
1: If Tom Bauer... The great, Tom Bauer did not tell me that we're coming back with the Jonas Brothers, which that was the Jonas Brothers, you said, right? That's correct. That's burning okay. up. Oh, that's it's burning one of their classics. Oh, that that that's a classic. That is. That's the one that they're going to be singing in Atlantic City in 25 years. Yeah, probably. Also singing at the Stadium Series tomorrow. Oh, they're going to be singing that at the Stadium. Okay, so before <laughs> they drop the puck, they'll be doing that. But, but make a long story short, what I was getting at was, if Tom did not say that that was the Jonas Brothers, I would have thought. And if you asked, if this was like name that tune or guess the artist, I would have thought that that was a female vocalist. Really, I'm. I'm being on. It sounds like a, it sounds like a female.
2: You're not. You're it not, does.
1: You're not familiar with uh,
2: Nick Jonas and Joe Jonas, there. No, I take I'm it.
1: familiar with some of their songs. You know, like the popular ones. But I, I'll admit, I never heard that one. But it, in particular, that song, the vocal stylings, it did not sound like a Jonas Brothers composition.
2: Now, to be fair, that's like one of their first songs that came out, like many moons ago, back when I was a kid, probably oh, so like pre like
1: prepubescent in, Jonas Brothers, basically.
2: Pretty much. This okay. is probably like. Mid-2000s? Well, that makes sense
1: then. That makes sense. I thought this was one that, like, one of their newer songs, so like, if it was earlier when they were still like boys, then that makes sense.
2: I can play one of their newer songs if you really want no, to I'm hear good. the difference.
1: No, I'm good. I'm good, actually. I mean, you don't have to. I'll take your word for it. Believe me. You know, t- Like I said, Tom, I trust you with my life. So if you're going to say, you know, compare with Jonas Brothers, I'm good. I'm really good. We'll leave it at that then. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. But I will say, and as Tom pointed out, that... Anybody going to the Stadium Series game tomorrow between the Devils and the Flyers at MetLife Stadium, you will get to see the Jonas Brothers perform before the game. And I take nothing away from them because, look, my plan was to be at that game tomorrow. Like, I was supposed to be there, but then something else got in the way. So if I was there, I would have sat through the Jonas Brothers, and I would have had no problem doing so. No problem whatsoever. So I hope everybody enjoys it, and it's going to be a great atmosphere. And apparently... If you are anywhere near the state of New Jersey tomorrow, there's going to be more snow coming our way. So they're going to have some of that snow maybe pushed off to the side, add a little bit more of a wintry feel to the whole proceedings with the ice rink. Uh, nothing wrong with that, you know. Make it make make it festive, and you get that a little bit tomorrow there for our uh, stadium series events there. On and it's not going to be like frigid cold. I mean, it'll be cold, but it's not going to be like um, that New Year's the Winter Classic one between the Rangers and the Sabers that was at City Field. I think that was maybe around 20—was it New Year's Day 2018, maybe? Somewhere around there. That was uh, one of the coldest days I could remember. And then when they had the games at Yankee Stadium, that was when the Super Bowl was in town. Whatever year that was, 13 maybe or something? Sounds right. Yeah, the the Rangers-Islanders one that they played at night. Because the Devils-Rangers played on a Sunday afternoon— Rangers Islanders played on a weeknight. That one was also like like Antarctica, bone chilling. So you're not going to have to deal with that this weekend if you're sitting out there for the games. So it's it's cold. It's hockey. It's outdoors, right? That's what it should be. So it should be pretty good. And you know, dress accordingly. Bundle up. I'm sure they got a lot of cool merch that you could buy there uh, to keep you warm if you have to. I by the way, I like a lot of the merch that I've seen pop up online. For the stadium series. I really enjoy. I think it's a lot of, I think it's cool. I don't love the Islander jerseys. First and foremost, I, I don't love the look. Um, the Flyers one to me kind of almost can pass as like their normal jersey. The Ranger one, I don't mind. I've kind of warmed up to it a little bit, like since it was released. I really don't mind it all that much. And the Devils one, I think, is pretty sharp, in all honesty. I, I, I think that one is pretty cool. So look, should be a good time and uh anything to draw a little bit more attention to hockey is never ever a bad thing. Let us go to the phones at eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. That is the telephone number. Let's say hi to Jose in Brooklyn. He's gonna start us off here on 98.7 ESPN. Jose, good evening. How are you, my friend?
6: Good evening, Mr. Grazos. Shout out to the company and hello to Chantel and Tom. Tom, I, I, I hope you were hearing in the morning you were getting, you know, eviscerated for your singing, and it, it was hilarious. But, wait a you know. second.
1: Wait, 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 wait a second. Now, somebody has to fill me in on singing, Tom getting eviscerated. What exactly happened? Because I missed this.
6: Oh, okay. So uh, Tom did a rendition of a Billy Joe song, The Piano
1: Man, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Tom, I never knew this. Yeah.
6: And, I, I, and he was he was first allotted and they said he was so amazing. And, yeah, then no, you know, when it came to the that when it came to, the, you know, the roast, you know, they just totally, oh, totally went, oh, you know, oh. den of honesty on him. <laughs> now, I, I, Tom,
1: how, I, now, how I, many I bars did you, here? did you the the like a whole line. verse or two? What'd you do? I, sang, I think like,
6: Raymond said the best line, which was if, if Billy Joe heard, heard, heard Tom singing, that he would have called ESPN very
2: angry. Yeah, I, yeah, Jose, you're absolutely right there. It was putrid. I've got some uh, drops that uh, RJ cut up. Here we go. There's an old man sitting next to me, making love to his tonic engine. And the
1: See, most brutal part. When I wore a younger man's clothes. <laughs> now, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to offer this up there. I, Tom, can I tell you something? Please. I don't think that's horrible. Really? I thought and it I'm, was terrible. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. And, and and this is me trying to take the glass half full approach to this. Were you really and truly trying 100% as if, like, your life depended on it, or were you just kind of, like, going along with it and just kind of belting out the lyrics? I'll be fully transparent.
2: I was not belting it out because I did the power hour for Barton Hahn and I went full out for that and that was worse. Like that that was terrible. Like well, the see, voice went to a whole nother level. Like I couldn't repeat that. So I scaled back in my attempts to sing piano man.
1: See, I don't think that's bad. <laughs> I really don't think that's see Tom, look, I understand the way it might have came out, but I'm telling you, taking all things into consideration, it was a little flat. But I think that it was passable. So, Jose, you know what? If I was, if I was in the chair in the morning, I would I have yeah. stuck up for my buddy Tom. And by the way, I should just say, all next week, it's me and Dave holding down Ooh. the fort in the morning, Monday through Friday. So throw that Double one out D there.
6: So. Awesome. Yeah, so, there uh, Double D action. Awesome. Yeah, there we go. Double D action. So here, uh, to my Yankee point, because we're going to be talking baseball, and just to throw that out there, I know that, you know, you said February is kind of a low month. You know, I, I call I call February and July those months where we just got to deal with it because July is just baseball, and, you know, with, you know, and we, we, we can't wait for, like, you know, training camp and everything and all that stuff to start. But as far as for the Yankees, my – Thing with the Yankees and I know that you know people like to call us spoiled Yankee fans we're never happy etc cetera, etc cetera, all of that nonsense and I get it you know but when you have a team that you know produces a, a winning mentality this is the expectation in the standard just actually a Laker fan or a Boston Celtics fan but the thing that concerns me is it's the second straight year where mm. I heard we're not done And after they got their white whale, which was, uh, you know, Rondon, and after they got their white whale, which was, you know, Soto, they practically were done, and they didn't do anything after that. So it's kind of, you know, it's a little this this i'm can i i i wait i'm hoping that you know you know the, the the additions of verdugo and you know the other outfielder that they got it um with the soto trade and um also the other um additions that they made i'm hoping that they can you know be able to be a playoff team and you know possibly make a run but it, 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 it's a team that's still you know, leaves a lot to be desired well, at third base, leaves a lot to be desired at catcher, and leaves a lot to be desired from getting, like, a 2nd frontline ace to
1: help out Cole to have that no, well, like that one-two punch
6: in, in the playoffs.
1: Jose, I'll tell you this, and I thank you for the phone call as always, and thanks for telling us about the Tom thing, too. That was great. When you say that the Yankees aren't done or the Yankees say they aren't done and, and that annoys you as a fan, look around baseball. There's a lot of teams that probably aren't done. You know why? Because look at all the talent that's still available out there. Right, you've still got the big four free agents, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman. I'm not saying that they're going to sign with the Yankees. And apart from those four names, there's still good players that are out there on the open market available. So it's just the way that the whole offseason is unfolding. And look, that's a problem that baseball has. It is. You know, you look at the anticipation. Once July 1st hits, usually in in the NBA, whenever there's a big free agent or two, the, the sports world stops. Where's that person going to go? Where's this person going to go? Like, everybody is locked in. And that's the summer, right? That's the summer when people are supposed to be checked out of sports. To a lesser extent, the NHL, when their free agency starts, you know, same thing, beginning of July. If there's a big player or two out there, the hockey fan is going to be locked in. NFL, forget about it. I mean, that's like days before it even becomes official. The news cycle is 24-7. Baseball, why does it take – essentially four, four and a half, sometimes five months of an offseason to get these guys signed, supposedly the best players in baseball. You know, that's not good for generating enthusiasm and interest for your sport. It's just not. And that's something that they have to overcome. And I know that there's been suggestions, and Manfred said the other day they they put something out there that the Players Association – declined you know, to have like a free agency window in December or something like that, and they said no. Why? Because then they would think that they wouldn't be able to get top dollar. That's why. Not everybody is going to be Bryce Harper. Remember, when Bryce Harper and Manny Machado were free agents, however many years ago that was, those guys waited until February to get the contracts that they deserved. Right? Machado went to the Padres, Harper went to the Phillies, and they got their money. But a lot of other players, they're not going to experience the same type of a deal. Others are going to have to take a little bit of a haircut and probably take less or settle for, you know, a a, a one or a two year deal with a very, very high AAV. But they're not going to get that long term guarantee of hundreds of millions of dollars like most players would experience of that caliber. It's just not the way it works anymore. All right, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. A lot more to do. We'll take your phone calls when we return. Get into a little giant football as well. Grasa Show, 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now,
4: let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team. go to shopify.com/network now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com/network enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code firsttake and receive up to $1500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable
1: bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. So remember, Saturday's show returns tomorrow morning as well, so 9 a.m. to noon. We will talk to you then, and then all next week, I'm with my buddy Dave in the morning. little D&D action. Monday through Friday, so looking forward to hanging with those guys. Not looking forward to the early alarm that's going to be going off, but nevertheless, we'd like to have uh, we'll have some fun and we'll make it work here. Before we get back to the calls, like I said, as far as the Knicks go with this All Star break, I, I, I can't get too bent out of shape over how they've played now the last couple of weeks, limping into the. You just can't. The injuries have taken a toll on this team to where they're. Almost unrecognizable. Like if you put on a tape of a game, you know the game that they played, even against the Indiana Pacers. Okay, that was the that was the ninth straight win, and they weren't even a hundred percent in that one because there was no Randall in that one. uh, OG Ananobi, I think was already down for the count in that one. It was essentially Jalen Brunson and his merry men. You know anybody else who wanted to come along for the ride, and they somehow found a way to win that game, came from behind, right? And right, if you put that tape on versus one of the games of the last four, where they've lost, and they have clearly not only looked like a depleted group but lo- played like one as well, I, you can't get totally wrecked over what's happened here. The only thing you could hope for is that A. This isn't going to be anything long-term. Now, we know that Randall's not going to be back tomorrow. We know that OG Ananobi's not going to be back tomorrow. But everybody else, at least all indications are, that they are going to be able to at least be with the club when they jump back into it against the 76ers coming up on Thursday night. And in a weird twist of events, it's good that the All-Star break actually happens right now in the calendar. Like, if we were still, I don't know, two weeks or so away from the break, I mean, this team might be suffering a heck of a lot more carnage in terms of the Eastern Conference standings. Like, what happens if this team suffered all those injuries or whatever, like, two weeks before it all really started to happen? They're probably not going to be sitting in fourth place in the East. And, and, and when push comes to shove, too, if you want to take the proper perspective, and I know that fans sometimes like don't like to look, they always like to keep it, you know, like in a phone booth. You're 55 games into the season, right? This team is 33-22. and 22. Before this four-game losing streak, which was less than, with less than 100% roster, this is a team that was 15 games over 500. Go back in the last 20 years, and I, don't, and I don't have these numbers in front of me. I'm just speculating off the top of my head. I almost can guarantee you, in the last 20 years, if you're a fan of the New York Knicks, how many times in the last two decades did they have a record this good at the All-Star break? Maybe once? twice tops right so these last four games you essentially just like throw out the window because they were a less than whole group and yet they're still in the top four in the conference in a conference by the way which looks extremely extremely vulnerable now i guess you separate boston from everybody else and i know that cleveland has played very very good basketball but You can't sit here and think that the Knicks can't go toe-to-toe with the Cavaliers if they meet up in the playoffs, especially if the Knicks are healthy. I don't feel that in any way. The Milwaukee Bucks, yeah, they got a couple of Hall of Famers, but they are a mess right now. Like, I know the, the Bucks just fired their coach a couple of weeks ago, but if they didn't do it yet, like, going into the break might be grounds to fire. Hell, I'd fire the new coach. And we're going to hear from Doc coming up during Grasa, us too, but some of the stuff he was saying after the game last night, and and did you see the game they played last night? Against the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis, who you talk about the lineups that the Knicks are throwing out there now with all the injuries? I mean, look at what Memphis has been throwing out there all year. Aside from, like, the five games that John Moran played, but, like like, their top six or seven leading scorers are all, like, injured. They have nobody. And yet Milwaukee... Goes into the break last night and loses to the Memphis Grizzlies. And Giannis played. And Dame Lillard played. (laughs) Like, what what are they doing? And look, Doc Rivers has never, ever, 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 ever in a big spot. Been the guy that you want on the bench coaching your team. I know that they have that championship. You know what? Blind Squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. And that was 15 years ago with a Celtics team that I probably could have coached to a title. Right? When you had those four guys in their prime, I could have probably gotten them to the top of the mountain. But if you're the Knicks and you're a Knicks fan and you look at this East right now, as is, knowing that there's not going to be other trades that are made because the trade deadline has come and gone, and all they got to do is get healthy, I want to see where this thing could go. Because you should be confident, that's for sure eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. That is the telephone number. All right, phone lines are jammed. Let's say hi to Tommy in Connecticut. He's up next to on ninety ESPN. Tom, how the hell are you?
5: Daniel, what's up, my good friend?
1: Tommy, I am doing outstanding. What is going on with you?
5: Well we got a big we got a big weekend of uh you know some outdoor hockey. Wanted to get your uh, your thoughts on that. So do you think um so the so it's Devil's Flyers Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And we got Rangers Isles Sunday afternoon. Do you? Are you going to be going to any- one of these? Are
1: you going to be going out there at all for the weekend or no?
5: What's that? Are you gonna be going to be going either one of these games? No. So I'm actually going. I'm going to uh, meet up with a bunch of ESPN listeners in uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut, for a watch party.
1: Oh, nice. Very. Now, was that organized by the station or just you guys as 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 fans? No. This would be uh,
5: what is known as uh, the company Jace.
1: Ah. Very nice. Very nice. So yeah,
5: so we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be down at Bridgeport. But uh, I was just I was kind of thinking about it, you know, because I you were you were running through the uh, the rundown. Do you think uh, Do you think the Devils and the Flyers might actually have better ice because they're playing at night as opposed to the the Rangers and the Isles playing uh, midday?
1: You know what, Tom? That is a, a a genius question you threw out there. Very scientific on your part, and I thank you for the phone call. I would like to think so, right? Because, well, I'll tell you one thing that they're not going to have to worry about. They're not going to have to worry about any glare from the sun, potentially. Now, the Ranger-Islander game on Sunday afternoon is, it's a 3 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken, right? I just want to get, yeah, 3 o'clock. Yes. So, 3 o'clock I mean, it's depending on what the weather is, I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like for Sunday, if it's sunny or not. But 3 o'clock, I mean, it's still pretty bright out. So I hope that they don't have any issues to where, like, the sun is giving off, like, a nasty glare or anything like that. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some shadows. I'm just thinking about, like, the stadium, you know, for a football game. Once you get to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, even in October, for example, you're already getting the shadows creeping onto the field. So I think you're going to have to contend with that a little bit. I just hate whenever they do the outdoor games. When they have to have these obnoxious delays because of things that are out of their control, whether it's like I said, the sun and the, like remember when they had the outdoor game at uh, Lake Tahoe in Nevada and that thing, they couldn't start it for like an hour, an hour and a half or something because the sun was just reflecting way too much off of the ice and, and you couldn't even see out there. You were like blinded by it. Or when the ice is a little bit shoddy and they have to, you know, stop the game for a period of time. I I, I hope that's not the case. Look, they've done enough of these things, especially doing them back-to-back like this. I I, I would like to think that there are people that get paid a lot of money to make these decisions and to make sure that everything goes off without a hitch, but you never know. Um, But to to Tom's point, yeah, I would probably say, like, the Saturday night game because it's dark. It's going to be a little colder you would think that they're not going to have any issues. Let's hope not. Let's say hi to Chris. He's in Jersey. He's up next here on 9870 ESPN. Chris, how are you? Hey, Dan, how are you? Christopher, what's going on?
0: What's up, man? Thanks for taking the call. As always, happy Friday. Listen, I heard you a couple days back, and yes. I think you were just talking, and your analysis is always spot on. You're like, listen, the Knicks, they're not going to make the, not going to make the finals, but let me push back for a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm almost happy we had this little four-game skid you made a great point, thank God for those nine games and that winning three. Thank God we almost got the third, fourth, second place. right. We are so depleted, and we're really not we're we're really not playing well at all, and I could see that you know what? I think we're a different team than last year, and I think we're almost like the running back who gets stronger as the season goes on, and we put all these injuries behind us. I think we could really compete this year. For me as a Knicks fan, I'm I'm going to be 47 in April. I live and die with the 90s Knicks, and you know this. We've talked. Yeah. Eastern Conference Finals, Dan. If we make the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm not going to any soccer game with my kids. I'm not going out to dinner. I'm home. I'm watching. I'm not going to weddings. I'm watching the Knicks.
1: I, Chris, I don't look, and, and thanks for the phone call as always, I'm going to say this right now, and this is on February the 16th in the year of our Lord 2024, right, when the Knicks are in the middle of a four-game losing streak. It's the All-Star break. They are the furthest thing from 100% hole. But if you tell me, and I think if you tell any Knicks fan, that this ride, this journey, this season will end in the Eastern Conference Finals, and let's say you lose to Boston in, let's say, five games. All right, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but let's just say five games. You mean to tell me that you won't look back on this Knicks season and say, wow, that was fun. Wow, we're in good position for the future, right? I know you got the OG situation to straighten out. No, by the way, while we're on the subject of that, let's have, let's have a, a big boy conversation right now. Let's have a little come-to-Jesus moment about OG. I'm a big OG fan. When, and I say when, he's out on the floor with this team He provides a great service to this club. We know that. That's why they went out and got him. He fits great with the makeup of this team. But OG is also somebody that they traded for with the intent of keeping him around for several more years. One thing that is also a part of the OG Ananobi experience in the NBA has been his, I'm going to try to be nice about this, lack of durability. Okay? Okay. I'm not sitting here saying that he never plays, but he's played 70 games once in his career. And I know that we live in an era right now in the NBA where guys are looking for any reason not to play, and I'm not saying OG's one of those guys, but he hasn't exactly been Mr. Iron Man, and now already, what, less than two months in with his new team? When he's playing for a contract, he's hurt again. And he already went under the knife. So we know that it's not BS, like he's legitimately hurt, but he's hurt again. So my question is, if you're the Knicks, how much resources do you want to invest in a guy like OG moving forward? What are you talking about giving him money-wise? For the next several years. And do you want to lock yourself into something like that, given the fact that he hasn't exactly been the person to answer the call for you or his teams when you need it the most? And I throw the Toronto Raptors in there because obviously that was his only other stop. Just something to think about, right? That's all I'm saying. But yeah, to, to, to Chris's point, these games, the wins, the ones you have in November and December, they count just as much as the ones you get in March and April. Wins don't go bad. You pocket as many of them as possible because when it's all said and done, you got to add up as many as you have, and that's deciding your postseason fate. 800-919-3776. More of your calls, and I want to get into some giant football conversation too because like I said a little while ago, I was stunned at something I saw about the outlook for the New York football Giants in regards to next season. I'll tell you what that is when we come back. Remember, Grasa, us at 8. John Harper to talk some baseball at 8.30. 98.70, ESPN. Tom, you're a, you know, I've known you a long time, and I don't like to just tell tales out of school. I like to have some substance behind it, but I'm not going out on a limb when I say that you're a baseball aficionado, correct? I would like to consider myself one, yes. That's what I thought. So, and this goes for everybody, not just Tom, but have you seen the, the kerfuffle that um, Nike has created with these new variation on the baseball uniforms have you noticed this Tom yeah in one word it's troubling what what are we doing or I mean not I have nothing to do with it so I wipe my hands clean like the blood's not on my hands people but you know the old saying and the old expression, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? Like, what was wrong with the baseball? Now, look, when Nike took over the baseball uniforms, I don't know how many years ago this was. Maybe, what, 3-4, perhaps, it, it, it's been, right, since Nike took over from... Was it Majestic? Was the the previous supplier for the baseball uniforms? We're
2: we're gonna get the uh, official information on that in a second.
1: Well, but 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 the thing that that I was troubled by initially, and look, I like Nike, like their gear, their you know active wear, whatever. I'm I'm a big Nike guy, big fan. But the thing that jumped out at me right away when Nike took over the baseball stuff was you had that giant obnoxious swoosh on the front of the jersey, and the baseball jersey. And the baseball uniform, like apart from all the other sports, to me, it's, it, it kind of has the, the, the classic look type of feel to it, right? The button downs and all that stuff. So, like, the swoosh just, like, stuck out like a sore thumb. By the way, they're
2: paying $1 billion for that swoosh. It was a 10-year deal that started in 2020.
1: And that's why baseball said, hey, you know what, guys? If you want to put three swooshes on it, be our guest. You can make a swoosh design out of it. You know, make a mini baseball player out of nothing but swooshes for a billion dollars over 10 years. So we know why they did it. And I've grown to just kind of accept it. It's like, okay, it's there, whatever. But now, like, they couldn't leave well enough alone because they decided to mess around with a little bit of the front of the jersey as far as where, like, the team name is concerned. But the worst part about it now is on the back Because on the back of the jersey, which if you're a Yankee fan, you don't got to worry about this because the Yankees don't have names on the back of their jerseys, right? Every other team, it has the player's last name on the back of it. Now, essentially, what they've done with these uniforms is you need a magnifying glass to see the player's name. Because for whatever reason, the letters themselves, they used like a 2.4 font, Like, why did they decide to shrink the letters, Tom? Did we get any clarification on this? I don't have clarification on this. Uh, I
2: will do my due diligence, and uh, we'll get to the bottom of this. But not only did they shrink the letterage, they also like made it so that way it like curves more. So it's like more of a yes. rainbow on it. I can just only imagine what's gonna happen with Isaiah Isaiah Kiner Falefa's jersey where they're gonna have to put that on there. Somebody <laughs> on Twitter pointed out I was reading, Thank God Jared Saltilamachia is in playing, because that would be a nightmare in itself. They could barely fit his name on the jersey when
1: he was around. Do we have a Ryan Langerhans sighting or anything for this upcoming season or anything like that? Like that's that's the problem. I, I, I just don't get it. I don't I mean and, and and there is a difference and if and maybe some fans haven't even taken time to notice yet because they're not really locked in on spring training and, and you know pitchers and catchers and everybody working out down in Florida, but it, it it's noticeable it really and truly is, and I just for the life of me, I don't get it i I, I really don't uh eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six speaking of baseball, let's say I had a Kenny in Rockland. He's up next year on ninety eight seven Kenny, how are you
0: Dan, hey, I'm doing great. Dan, all you do is talk and
5: talk and talk. Listen, the New York well, Rangers. Ken, uh,
1: Ken, real quick, and I'll let you make your point. Here, here's the problem with that. If I didn't talk, it would be pretty awkward for a radio program, right?
5: Well, you could always go to the callers. You could put a couple of jingles in there, but now you're doing a great job. The jingles? What is this like them.
1: the 1940s? What are we doing? Having some? What is this like a radio serial program? We don't have jingles.
0: I'm just joking around.
1: Just I know. I'm, I'm joking too. Trying to live. I'm trying to liven it up on a
0: Friday. Listen, the Rangers always looking for a scorer. I think mm-hmm. the guy who came up with the outdoor hockey in the, in the big stadiums is a genius. Is a marketing genius. For a kid going there with his dad or his mom but have the time of their life going out there and playing. And, you know, it gets cold out there. You know, when you're sitting there and watching it. These guys grew up playing on lakes and ponds and playing hockey man for man, one for ten guys on the ice trying to score, having all kinds of fun out there and up in Canada and parts of the U.S., of course, a lot of kids are growing. But then, do you know who Steve from Manhattan is? Go Buchanan, go! Uh, Yes. Oh, you do? Okay, great. All right, so let's get back to sports. The Yankees,
1: I think. All right, Ken, thanks Thanks a lot for the phone call. He had a good one there. By the way, he made me think of one thing with the ice, by the way. Not that you ever want to see anybody get injured, but I was just thinking about this. You know, the thing that happened to Blake Wheeler last night, imagine if he got injured in the game on, let's say, Sunday afternoon with the Rangers and the Islanders with the stadium series thing on the outdoors. They'd be blaming that ice. So I hope that nobody gets seriously injured on any of these four teams over the next couple of days, because that's one thing that I just, I, I really have no patience for or any tolerance for, <laughs> it, whether it's, you know, football, this, th- I mean, like everybody blaming the field, blaming this, it's just, it, it's, that is an argument, like it's one of the most tired sports arguments that that I just, like I said, I have no interest in being part of. Uh, Josh and Nyack up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Joshua, how are you?
7: Dan, how you doing?
1: Love the show, buddy. Good to hear from you. Josh, what's going Uh, on?
7: Nothing. Good. Enjoying a Friday night here. Hope you're doing the same. I want to talk a little Knicks. So, I just, I'm 36 years old. Been watching Knicks my whole life. Those last, you know, three weeks prior to the four-game losing streak was the most fun I had watching the Knicks ever, I can remember. I'm just worried that We're never going to see that combination of Knicks healthy clicking like that again for the rest of the year. With how many injuries we have, are we going to have all our pieces healthy at one point? I'm just doubting that. And that's a, you know, I I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm just being, you know, pessimistic here. But I I think it's a legitimate concern.
1: I'm not as pessimistic as maybe you seem to be. So, So let me ask you a question. Why do you feel? that they're never going to be, now look, if you're asking me, are they going to win, you know, go through stretches, win in nine straight games, I don't think that is likely, but you don't think that this team is going to play, I don't know when they're going to be fully healthy either, Josh, but you don't think that they're going to be able to play like one of the top three, four teams in the East the rest of the season?
7: I just, I don't know that Randall is going to come back fully healthy. I think his injuries more of a long term than initially thought, and like you're saying with OG, he does have injury history. He's I don't. I don't know. I. I'm just worried that we. For one point, we had Randall. We had OG. We had even Chenzo. I mean, everybody was playing. This was before we got Bogdanovich. But I mean, it just seemed like all our players were there, available, healthy, clicking. I'm just worried we're not going to see that combination. That's the thing with the Knicks is you don't know which direction you're going to get punched from when you're playing them. They don't have one or two stars, and that's it. So I think that's that. We need everybody to really gel, and I hope I'm wrong. I really do.
1: Yeah, Josh, like I said, I would pump the brakes on that one, my friend, and I thank you for the phone call. Look, I understand if you're a Knicks fan, you're you're jaded a little bit, you know, because you have had a lot of lean years. You don't really know what prosperity is all about and what it means to have sustained success. I, I, I get it. I get it. If you ask me, like, peak Knicks this year lasted for about seven, seven and a half quarters. Those back-to-back games against the Denver Nuggets and then that Saturday afternoon against Miami when Randall got hurt, unfortunately, up until when Randall got hurt, that was peak Knicks. Like, it's not going to get any better than that. And that was also before the trade deadline, too. That was before Bogdanovich and before Burke. So we haven't seen, like, this group as it was intended post-deadline with everybody healthy yet. So until we see that group, I think that we can't sit here and necessarily say that they're going to be this or they're going to be this. We've got to see this group on the floor as a whole, but when will that be? And then the conversation is going to turn into, okay, well, once these guys start to be, you know, pronounced closer to return, is it worth rushing them back, you know, to play for seeding, let's say? Because don't you want this team and all these players that are injured as close to 100% as possible once the real season gets here? tricky 800-919-3776 more calls and i promise we'll talk some giant football when we return grass show 98 70 ESPN. join the new york islanders for some fun in february take advantage of special ticket pricing for upcoming home games at ubs arena and be there for every thrilling matchup get your tickets today at newyorkislanders.com slash feb Grasa Show, 800 is the telephone number. We got Grasa Us coming up at 8 o'clock. We got John Harper coming up at 8.30. Talk a little Mets and Yankees baseball. Speaking of the Islanders, we were actually, and I say we, meaning the show, we were supposed to take the Saturday show out to UBS Arena a week from tomorrow on the 24th, because the Islanders are playing a matinee game against Tampa Bay. However, the NHL went ahead and changed the start time of the game. It was supposed to be a noon, or I mean it was supposed to be a 12.30, and I think they changed it to like a 2 or a 2.30. So it doesn't really behoove us to be out there when you have all that time between the game and the show. So I think Anita's going to do her show out there next Saturday. So we... Won't be out on Long Island. So save me some gas mileage, but it would have been cool to go out there. Maybe another time uh, a little bit later on here during the season. Before we get back to the calls, I mentioned the Giants. And so I was just looking ahead at at some stuff, you know, getting some ideas for the show next couple of days and everything. And I came across the BetMGM odds for next year already. And, look, you take all that stuff with a grain of salt. Because the offseason hasn't even started, right? We haven't had free agency. We haven't had trades. We haven't had the draft. Like, we have no idea what these teams are going to look like. But at least on the surface, I was really surprised at how little the boys in Vegas think about the Giants' chances in 2024. Because their Super Bowl odds right now for 2024 are 150-1. to And to put that in comparative terms with the rest of the NFL, do you realize that is the second lowest in the entire sport to only the Carolina Panthers? We suck. No, but think about that for a second. And I said, that's jaw-dropping to me. Whether you think the Giants are headed in the right direction or not, and I understand that there are some things that they still have to work out. It goes without saying. They have to figure out what's going to happen at the quarterback position. They have to figure out what Saquon Barkley's future is going to be. The offensive line needs some shoring up. What's going to happen now with a new signal caller on the defensive side of the football and how some of those pieces are going to work themselves out? How about another playmaker on offense for whoever the quarterback is going to be? And it was not an easy season this past year, right? There was a lot of adversity, despite the fact that, you know, Tommy DeVito breathed some life into it later on. But, like, really? Really? I mean, when I sit here and start spitting off teams in the NFL out of the 32 that have no chance to win a Super Bowl next year, or we're talking about, like, the bottom rungs of the league, I'm not throwing the Giants in that category. I'm just not. You want to say Carolina? Yeah, I'm all for it, really and truly. You know, the Atlanta Falcons, how do we know that they're moving forward? They still don't have a solution at the quarterback position. I'm just throwing teams out there. You know, do we know that Washington is going to make this immediate leap just because they overhaul things down in D.C.? I, I have no idea. None. You know, how do you know Tennessee is not going to go backwards after firing a real, real good football coach in Mike Vrabel? So it's, it, it's ridiculous. The New England Patriots, I think, are putrid. Like If I, if I was a betting man right now, who's going to win more games next season, the Giants or the Patriots? I, I would probably put close to everything I have on the Giants. So, boy, that's harsh, don't you think? 150 to 1? Let's say hi to Michael in Jersey, up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Michael, how are you? Hey, Dan, thanks for taking the call. Um, thanks for making it, Michael. Um, What's going on?
8: Uh, no, no problem at all. Uh, before I get to the next point, I'd love to disagree with you on the Giants, but they've won two of the most unlikely Super Bowls anybody could ever tell you a story beating the Patriots twice, so anything could happen with those guys. Uh, well, I'm big, not saying they're gonna.
1: I'm not I, saying the Giants are gonna win a Super Bowl, but right now, like, you mean to tell me that the Giants are the second worst team, are gonna be the second worst team in the NFL next year? I don't buy it. No, I agree with you. Um, as far as the Knicks go, like,
8: I've never been a Knicks fan. I live in New Jersey my whole life. I've never. I think they're the one of the worst run organizations in all of professional sports. They haven't had a top ten player since. Patrick Ewing, you could probably make an argument that almost every other team in the NBA has. Um, what they did on that run for like three weeks, they played basketball. I know you probably get like Spike from St. Pete or ever like, you know, ball movement and defense. The NBA is so bad right now, and I hate to sound like the get-off-my-lawn guy, but if you just move the ball and play defense, you're going to beat like 20 to 25 of the teams in this league. I think the Knicks are like a barely above average team. I think when you start to put player for player like the Celtics during playoff if they play playoff basketball, I don't think the Knicks have a shot in a in a series. But it's good to see teams playing basketball like you mean to tell me like there's there's three hundred and sixty players better at basketball than Drew Timmy? Like he's sitting in the D League right now the Knicks would do themselves a tremendous favor to try and trade for him because that kid's a basketball player, and the Knicks are playing basketball. It's good to see.
1: Well, I I mean, and thanks a lot for the phone call, Mike, and you bring up Drew Timmy. I mean, Drew Timmy's a guy who played at Gonzaga for like 17 years because of all the extra rules and, you know, the COVID years and the NILs and all that stuff, and he hung around. He was a great college player, but, you know, he's one of many who are better suited for the college game, but now, you know, making that leap to the NBA, their skill set just doesn't fit. I'll I'll give you another example. You know, look at the guy right now who's the best player in college basketball this year. Zach Zach Eadie, the the, the center from Purdue, who's going to win National Player of the Year again for the second straight year. So you're going to have a two-time National Player of the Year. I don't think Zach Eadie is going to be a star in the NBA, because Zach Eadie, unfortunately, was born at the wrong time. If Zach Eadie was born in the in well I do he was born in the '80s but if Zach Eadie like was coming into the NBA in like the '80s or the '90s when it was a big man league, he might be a star. But unfortunately for a seven foot four center in 2024, that's not what the NBA is. Unless you're a big who could step out and shoot threes consistently, and that's not his game. He's a low post player. You know Oscar Sheebay, who was the national player of the year two years ago from Kentucky. What's Oscar Sheboy doing in the NBA? Nothing. There is a difference. I talk about it all the time. I I was even talking about this with somebody last night, I told you at the beginning of the show. I'm at the rack last night watching as good a college basketball game as you could hope for with Rutgers and Northwestern. Big Ten basketball, a, a, a rock fight, baskets hard to come by. Each possession, you're on your feet because each possession means something. You know, you're on defense. You need to stop offense. It goes in. That's big. Six. I think the final score was like sixty-three, sixty-one, but that was basketball. Like it didn't feel like I was watching a video game or an arcade game, or you know, kids having fun at the playground. And, and unfortunately, far too often, that's what the NBA game is nowadays. It's run and gun. Defense is more than just optional, right? It's if you can even bother to even think about playing defense. I mean, look at look – at, why do you think – see, everybody thinks the scoring is up in the NBA nowadays because you have these incredible athletes. Yeah, there's a lot of great athletes, and they're talented players, but part of the reason that they're having so much success is because nobody even bothers to play defense anymore. And I was talking about this the other day. Like, we had – the, the you know, Luka Doncic scored 70 points, and what, Devin Booker scored 70, like, all in a, a, a week – or both within, like, a week of each other or something like that. And that is what took, like, the talking heads that supposedly cover this game on a day-in, day-out basis. That's finally, like, what made the light bulb go off in their brains that, hey, we got to change something in the NBA. Hmm, nobody's playing. Really? I I mean, it's, it's like this is breaking news to them. Like, what game have you been watching for the last 10 years? That's why I'm so geeked up on college hoops. I mean, you watch college hoops like it, it, it's basketball. It's like actual basketball. They play defense. Points are at a premium, like it used to be in the NBA. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. More of your calls. We got Grasa Us coming up at 8, John Harper, 830. We roll till 9 on 9870 SPN.